Hello everyone and welcome back to Scanline's Game of the Year 2016 Deliberations. The gimmick awards are done and dusted, and we are here for the actual proper game of the year. We have a big list in front of us. We aim to narrow it down to 10 games which we will order, and those will be our games of the year, with of course one winner at number one. I am of course Colin Detmar, and joining me is Jennifer Uncle. Hey there. Excited to get, let the real bloodletting begin. I almost feel like some of the past fights were... If we hadn't had those previous fights, this fight might be harder. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like we kind of have a better understanding of where we stand. So... Yeah. It might not be as rough. Uh, do you want to read our list? It's long. I don't know. It's, it's I've always made you read the nominees, but this one's real long. It's okay. It's it's doable. Okay. So the nominees are Stardew Valley, Valhalla, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, hashtag FE. A sharp FE. Sharp FE. Firewatch, Overwatch, Hitman, World of Warcraft Legion, Reigns, Abduction, Another Metroid 2 Remake, Super Hot, Forza Horizon 3, Pokemon Sun and Moon, Titanfall 2, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, Mafia 3, Inside, Watch Dogs 2, Oxenfree, Mystic Messenger, Anatomy, Enter the Gungeon, and That Dragon Cancer. Now... Unfortunately, I uh, I at one point thought that uh, Emily would be joining us for this, and she is not. Um, and so there's really there's not going to be anyone here who can make a good argument for Mystic Messenger. We both know what Mystic Messenger is, and I think we both like that game pretty well. Um, it was neat but, to me. I bounced off it, but it, it seemed neat. I liked I, the format in which the story was okay. Like, the moment-to-moment format of which it was delivered, in which by which I mean the sort of chat-client interface, I thought was really cool and enjoyable. But the sort of the real-world timing element of the game uh, was really frustrating to me and kind of obtuse, because it didn't feel like it totally... It wasn't just like, if you're here at this time, you can see this. There was some other rules to it, and I didn't really understand. Yeah. We've given it some some credit and other awards, and I would be happy to give it more here, but we are not the people to make the argument for it, so I think we're going to have to cut it. Okay. Hmm. One down. Um, Tell me I'm how gonna, you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and also cut uh, Tokyo Mirage ses- Sessions Sharp FE, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't play enough of it. And this is... Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions had made me really worried for Persona 5 because I don't know if I want to play a JRPG on a console anymore. I don't know if I ever want to do that again. It takes so much time for so many little things. I would just so much rather do that on a handheld. Like, say, a Nintendo Switch, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If if Persona 5 ends up coming out on the Switch, which I've heard rumored and personally didn't believe, but if that happens, that would actually be fantastic. Um... Yeah, it's. I'm gonna try again this year to get into Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but it's just it's. 
a game of that length and that kind of not density, but you know that that tenor of game I find really hard to play these days. I find it hard to have the time for something where I'm going to sit down for hours and not get very much done. Makes sense, yeah. Okay. Um can you uh how do you feel about keeping another Metroid 2 remake on here? Like uh can you explain a bit more of that to me? So another Metroid 2 remake is another per, uh fan attempt to remake the game Metroid 2. Uh, oddly enough. Um Metroid 2 was of course a uh, original Game Boy game um and it was sort of a it was more open than I than Metroid 1 was. It was kind of like you're dropped off to this planet and there are a bunch of Metroids here and you hunt them down. It has a lot of iconic power-ups and stuff that weren't in the series before then. Um, and another Metroid 2 remake is... Did you play Metroid Zero Mission? Um, is that the one? No, um, I was thinking of Metroid Fusion. So mm, no, I haven't yeah. played that. Okay. Well, then that comparison doesn't really work. Um, basically, it 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 it's a re. It is a remake, right? Like everything that was in Metroid Two. I mean, there probably someone's going to be like, "Oh, excuse me, they slightly altered the shape of this room." Fucking who cares? But everything that was in Metroid Two is in another Metroid Two remake. But there's also a ton more. It's just a much more. It's a reimagining almost. Hmm. Um. Of, of Metroid 2 with more power-ups, with more narrative, more direction. And, like, it's been so long since we got a good... Was, since we got any 2D Metroid. Since we got any 2D Metroid. The last one was Zero Mission. Yeah. Oh. It's been so long. And it feels like playing another Metroid 2 remake made me realize things that Metroid does that other platformers don't do. Like... When you are running and jumping, and I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, oh yeah, but you probably haven't thought about it before. When you are doing extended running and jumping parts in Metroid, there is a thing that Samus does when she lands from a jump when her where her feet kind of take a second to catch and go up to full speed again to give you time to adjust for the next jump. And it makes those like extended rapid jumping sequences feel natural and flow well. And just be really enjoyable to play. And AM2R completely nails it. It just is a fan game that 100% nails the feel of those, of the best of the Metroid games. It adds its own spin and flavor. There are a few edges where it's like, oh, obviously this is a fan game. But for the most part, this is as good as a Metroid 2 side-scroller as they've ever put out. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I I can see keeping it on here for now. Yeah, I mean maybe it won't eventually make the cut, but certainly it's certainly like not on here just for just for cred. It's a serious contender. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's been it's been a little time. How strongly do you still feel about Forza Horizon Three? It's really complicated for that. It's really complicated for that sort of thing because I think it's a fantastic racer, one of the best racers around. It gives you so much to do, but and 
it's one of those games where it'll just throw you a three-wheeled car that's supposed to be the shittiest car in the world, and you can just race that on if you want to, because fuck it, why not? And it's that's really entertaining, and it it gives you it gives you everything from the lowest worst car to the fanciest supercar you've ever seen, and it does an amazing job of incentivizing you to basically try a bunch of things, try everything, even if you never think, oh, hey, I'd like to go into this fantasy video game world where I drive the worst car car Australia has ever made. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where at a certain point you get what it's doing, and it's just more and more and more of that. that that's kind of Forza Horizon 2's thing, too, where you just you get a really good thing, and you just keep getting it over and over again. And that's pretty awesome, but at the same time, it doesn't lead to a lot of it doesn't lead to a lot of late game surprises or anything like that. You mm-hmm. you know what it you're feels getting. Like it doesn't. It doesn't like it changes things up, but not like not in the way that other games that are of a similar length do. Right? It's still pretty much always a racing game. Totally, and most of its length is. You you unlock all the other regions pretty quickly, and the majority of its length is just, okay, now drive it with this car, okay, now drive it with that car, okay, you've raced it in a single race, but what if you did a whole championship across these certain tracks? And that's, it's still, the racing is still solid enough that that's a really useful, I never feel guilty loading up Forza Horizon, it's always a good time, it's just... It doesn't keep surprising me, and that's a big knock against it when it's compared to all these other games that are just full of surprises. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, like, tell me if you think this is off-base. I didn't play... I guess I haven't played any of the Forza Horizon games. Um, just because I don't own a three, I don't own an Xbox One, and I got rid of my 360 halfway through that thing's lifespan, and I just never was a racing game guy. Mm-hmm. But if I was to give an award to any entry in the Forza series, I probably would give it to Horizon Two. Hmm. Do, do, like it's from the outside, it seemed like Horizon Two was a stronger. Like Horizon Three is certainly like years have passed. The technology has gotten better. They put more budget into this thing. But as far as like the jump and the environment and the impact, it felt like Horizon Two was the game. It's. I feel like Horizon 2 was a lot more samey at some point because the Australian landscape that they use within this game is a lot more varied than the generic European landscape they used for Horizon 2 to the point mm-hmm. where you're getting into very different types of races than you would within 2. And also, mm-hmm. a huge thing for me is that they've gotten progressively better and better at tone. Like, the first game was a very Need for Speed style skimpy girls in clothing giving you advice and stuff like that to kind of steer it a little bit further away, but you were still kind of a... The only person you could be was basically this really stereotypical white dude par- um, white dude parting in Milan sort of character. And three? Three, right off the bat, it gives you a, p- a bunch of options for who your character looks like, different races, different genders. It lets you go by whatever name you want. 
And overall, it just feels like it it completely distanced itself from the whole skimpy curls dancing around in, um, near cars that 1 and 2 to an extent did. And just this whole, oh yeah, this racing scene is really awesome, even if we're even if we're smashing through fences of people who own these Australian houses, which doesn't seem super cool, we're a lot nicer about it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so... Like... It is cool that they added this extra character customization stuff, and it's more open and it's more inclusive in that way. Mm-hmm. But you're still choosing the human avatar of a driving game where you spend the entire game inside of a car, right? Pretty much true. Sometimes that actually matter. Sometimes you get out and talk with people, but it's just all cutscene stuff. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess it's a situation where just the tone that makes the thing that I really liked about horizon Two, the thing that sold me on that series was just this whole party mentality of, Hey, we're just going to drive cars around. It's not really for stakes or anything like that. We're just going to have fun in this exotic location. And Free takes that and pushes it a bit further. And is generally just one sort of this thing where it feels like the most welcoming convention you could ever have. That's also about running in through people's backyards. <laughs> and I see. It's. I don't think I'm explaining it too well, but. It does make a huge difference in the way that I view that game, and the way that I would recommend it to others, and all that. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's 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 tricky because there are only two of us here this year. Um, yeah. I guess we'll we'll shelve that. One. I'll make a a quick little. I don't know. I'm gonna do a, a fucking thing here just to indicate that we talked about it. Um. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm having trouble seeing what's going to go from this list necessarily. Yeah, it's going to be really hard without a I'm I'm really starting to see what you were saying about the third person. It's going to be hard to uh-huh. break any of these ties. Yeah. Um, I mean there there are a lot of games here that one person has a lot of passion for and the other person doesn't and that's just kind of like, well, okay. Well, here's an easier cut. Um, let's get rid of that dragon cancer. Yeah, I can't, I can't play that game. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal what it does. Even thinking about certain scenes kind of gets me to the point where I feel like I'm about to cry because it's a real subject and it's the thing that that family went through is so traumatic and just, it's a, it's a worthwhile story. I'm glad that it exists, but I will never ever play it again, and I don't think I can recommend it to most people. Yeah, I want to be clear. Like by cutting it here, um, like I mean, I think we had a conversation where you were like, "I wish I could write about dr- that dragon cancer," and I was like, "You should put it. Like we should talk about it at Game of the Year." Mm-hmm. Um, when I say that I can't play that game, I'm a person who has spent a lot of time about like someone dropping a pillow on me from being dead. I have spent a lot of time in the ICU and a game that does a really, really accurate simulation of what it's like to be in the ICU waiting to die. I would not be able to handle psychologically. Um, What they achieved is phenomenal. And I don't like, 
I don't know, I'm not the religious type and their message is, is, is partially religious, so we don't totally click on that end, but I'm really glad they made this game. I'm really glad they did the job that they did and they went for a really powerful, really important to them message, and I'm really grateful. Yeah, and everyone should go look up the speech that that guy made for the Game Awards because it's really, yeah, it's really good. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it without getting into some really dark, depressing material. So yeah, it it handles a really a really real and painful subject, and it doesn't. Like, it's not like, it's it's not a game that's, like, really gross and grim and, like, but it's it's a hard game, and not because it's 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 challenging, but because it's it, it makes you think about things you don't want to think about. Yeah, basically. So, it's a special thing, and, and we want to honor that, but, but we're not putting it on the top ten. Hmm. All right, um... Oof. Okay, um, did you stick with uh, World of Warcraft Legion after you, um, finished the, I, I got the impression that you kind of dropped off of World of Warcraft Legion at some point. Sure, I mean, I kind of would have to, right? I mean, I guess I wouldn't have to, but then, like, there would be no other games for me on this list if I didn't drop off of World of Warcraft Legion. <laughs> um... I mean, like, I played enough of it to match most of the games on this list. Um, like, I mean, it's an MMO. It's an MMO with a ridiculous amount of content. And I don't have time in my life... Like, the the way I enjoy games these days, an MMO is just not a thing that I'm going to be into in the long term. Um, and I guess it probably doesn't have to make the list. I do want to honor... Like, World of Warcraft Legion is Blizzard really, like... They've been developing these expansions for uh, for World of Warcraft for uh, for years now, and a lot of them have been like every expansion they sort of play one of their major cards, right? They're like, okay, this expansion we're finally talking about the Lich King, one of the main like forces in Warcraft Three. This expansion we're finally gonna talk about the Pandaren, which are kind of a major thing. They're they're a thing in Warcraft Three, sure, but like. Always only holding, like, being really careful about what established pieces of their lore they're going to cash in. Mm -hmm. And Legion is them kind of putting it all out on the table. Legion is them being like, okay, we're going to deal with the Burning Legion, who is the main opponent of everything in the Warcraft universe. We're going to tackle the lore related to, like, what was it? Like, Like, 15 or so different, like super important magical weapons, some of which have had their own comic book series. Um, like, we're going to tackle all of these characters. We're going to change the way the game feels to make it feel more epic, and they've almost painted themselves into a corner with how much they've used, and I'm curious how they do going forward. But it really is... Like, World of Legion is the best World of Warcraft has ever been. And that's a game that has been good at many times. Yeah, that, when you put it like that, I don't know if we can cut this yet either. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, well, let's talk about a game that I think we probably can cut. Uh, I was going to do something else. I'm going to do something harder, but I guess I'm just going to cut another one of mine. Um, we can cut Enter the Gungeon. Um, Enter the Gungeon is uh, like a top-down, like a twin-stick shooter-style roguelike bullet hell game. Um, and it's got like a, a pretty funny sense of humor, and the art style's good, and there's a lot of variety there, and there's a lot of depth. And like I really... Every time I talk about Enter the Gungeon, I end up talking about Nuclear Throne. <laughs> because those games are two different approaches to the same idea, and I just think Nuclear Throne's approach is better. Enter the Gungeon is more polished, it's more well-rounded, it's more deep, and Nuclear Throne is just more fun to play. It just is. Yeah, I, I like Enter the Gungeon's personality, but personally, Nuclear Throne's uh, characters like Young Venus or any of the others, they're just... There's something about Vlambeer's art style that just blows most of the competition out of the water. And it also has a sense of immediacy that Enter the Gungeon doesn't. Like, Enter the Gungeon spends a lot more time setting you up, and Nuclear Throne is much more just, okay, I'm going to boot this up, I'm going to go, and then five or seven minutes later, I'm going to exit out real quickly. And it just has this really snappy feel to it that Enter the Gungeon gungeon has. real. Enter the Gungeon has a real uh, power curve problem where, like, again, this is one of those things where maybe my perception is just skewed because I played Nuclear Throne a bunch first. But, like, Nuclear Throne, you are coming up against tougher and crazier enemies and you're getting more intense weapons and sort of the game is just sort of ramping up and up and up. Um, Enter the Gungeon, like... You do get better weapons sometimes, but a lot of the times you're not actually getting better weapons. You're getting weapons that are slightly different versions of basically what you already have, and the enemies get more bullet spongy, and it becomes a game of endurance more than of like twitch reflexes and execution, and I find that way less enticing. Like, Nuclear Throne, you get to the point where you're up against enemies that like move crazy fast and you have to do these like snapshots with a laser rifle whereas enter the gungeon the later on enemies you just have to shoot them a thousand goddamn times um it's a it's a it's a failing of that game in my opinion so it's i I like that game a lot it's it's snuck onto my top 10 but on our site top 10 i don't think it makes the cut okay let's see How about, um, I feel like of all of these, Mafia 3 might be one of the weaker ones. It's, what it does is phenomenal, yep. what it talks about is phenomenal, but, um, it also, 75% of that game's action is just going to this, going to very similar districts, killing everyone in that district, and then just taking it over. It feels like at times it is padding itself, like it is it is repeating the same stuff over and over to make the game longer, and I don't think it does the game any favors. Um, and also there are points of that game, especially I would say that last level, that fall in the trap of just being like, oh, this is important, so it has to be really tough. And it's like, 
that game isn't fun when it gets tough. Yeah, one of the things, the way that, the way that I play it that's enjoyable is being stealthy up to a point where I pick off just enough of them that I can then go hog wild and take the rest of them out loudly. But, um, that mission just starts completely on. It puts you in wide open spaces with a bunch of people at once that keeps pouring in. And there was one room in particular, which is like a massive, like a circular room with a bunch of cover and two floors. And there's a guy up above on a machine gun turret. And that room is just unpleasant. It took me many tries and it was very frustrating. And I mean, like, look, I'm not going to take this game down because of one bad level. Right. But it is sort of, emblematic of the game's gameplay problems where it's fun when it's not too challenging but when it tries to go for gameplay challenge it does so in a way that's just really frustrating and not enjoyable yeah and the and when you're not taking down districts or doing story missions the side missions are even worse because they're literally just go to the specific part of the bayou steal a vehicle kill everyone chasing you, and bring it back. That's all it's of some, the missions It's there. some Vice City shit. It's some pretty vintage design for yeah. an open-world crime game. So, yeah, I think it can go. Um, I would say Inside can go. I, I think... I assume you're going to want to say some things about Inside, and I think that's fair. But you know I don't like that game, and I, I don't think you feel strongly about it enough to make the top ten. Am I wrong about that? No, you're probably right about that. Inside is this really cool follow-up to Limbo, something I like even more than Limbo because it doesn't have as many spiders in it. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, Inside is this silent journey from one end to the other, just like Limbo, except the animation and the way that it looks, it just does this amazing sense of, without saying a word, it gives you this amazing sense of this alien-esque, why am I blanking on the word? Dystopia. Like this alien-esque futuristic dystopia where you're being chased by these soldiers, you have to pretend to be this zombie. You get chased by this creature in the water that only senses you when you're swimming around. It does this amazing thing where moment to moment, sort of like Soma, every encounter feels different and unique and challenges you to think outside the box of even what they've supplied you with thus far. And it's just this amazing... You don't see it that you don't see that sort of thing very often. You don't see this breadth of experience that you get with inside. And it nails most of it, and the ending is this really darkly comic moment of oh, I guess it's over now, huh? But um Yeah, it's compared to some of the other things on this list, I'm definitely going to have I'm not going to fight as hard for this one as I'll fight for other things on this list. Yeah. Okay. Um. Hmm. 
I guess it's your term to suggest a thing. I mean, we we didn't say that expressly that there's a turn, but that seems to be what we've been doing. So okay, huh? Unless you want, I mean, if you're having trouble, I have another that I could go for. Okay, go ahead. So, Jen, I've got a problem. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Life is Strange last year, and I didn't like Life is Strange, right? Yeah. And other games have come out, and I'm starting to realize that maybe I just, like, even if you do it well, I just don't like shitty teens. Don't show me <laughs> shitty teens. I don't, don't, I don't. That's okay. You did a good job by making these characters assholes that I don't want to be near. Now they're assholes, and I don't want to be near them. I don't like Oxenfree, and I didn't even get very far. I just, like, I just don't like those people, and I don't want to be near them. Oh, man. That that story goes places, too. And I only really disliked two of the teens, and one of them kind of grew on me. The the pot smoker grew on me. (laughs) I disliked, uh, I disliked the lady that you're obviously supposed to dislike because she's an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. a blatant asshole. Like, the one who suggests the truth or dare and stuff. The asshole. Um, I disliked the guy who's your friend at the beginning who talks too much. Yeah, the pot smoker. Yeah. Um, I disliked the stepbrother. I think I disliked just about... I either didn't see enough of people to have feelings about them or I disliked them. That was the way it went. Huh. Yeah, that's that's totally opposite to how I feel about this game. I just... I'm kind of a sucker for those teen supernatural entries, the way that you get repelled by them. And the same way you get repelled by them. And mm-hmm. it just has this amazing... It has this amazing sense of mystery where you get to take out this shortwave radio, just bring it along with you and every once in a while you'll hear a glimpse of something that's either clearly supposed to be one of those natural reserve radio stations or you hear something that sounds like a bit of a conversation or a morse code symbol a morse code message and yeah it's I really love those sort of stories that start with this little enticing message of, oh, something weird is going on, and it just keeps unraveling over and over until you get this idea of these people that died in this horrific accident near this island, and they're doing their best to get back here because they want to live after being stuck so long within this plane of existence where they're they're pretty much trapped on this island and they want to trap you there instead. And it's a nice mix of the Spielbergian teen drama that we've seen many, in many other places often done worse than this. And it's also this really tight horror game that is just lenient enough that you never feel super scared or disgusted or anything like that. And it's the point where 
I will easily, without question, play whatever those people make next, whether it's another oxen free or whether it's something else. And that's a pretty strong. For the record, the other game, the the other thing this year was not even a game. Um, my sister compelled me to watch Stranger Things. And that show's full of shitty teens, and I can't stand those <laughs> shitty teens, so I don't want to watch that show. I just don't like shitty teens. Don't show me shitty teens. I can actually sympathize with you there. There are certain characters in that show that I absolutely loathe that other people were like, yeah, this, I kind of like them, but especially some of the kids. Like, there's this one kid in particular who's just a total jerk all the time. Just this mm-hmm. unrepentant hey, I'm going to say these horrible things to you and I'm going to let my other friends clean up the mess. And that's really hard to watch for me. And The little kids was easier for me than the teens. It's, it's, there's, something about, <laughs> there's something about shitty teens. That's the new name of my new sitcom. There's something about shitty teens. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. It doesn't sound like we're cutting oxen free right now. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to it for a little bit longer. It's what I referred to when I said I'm not ready to get... Ki- I'm cool cutting with inside because I'm going to fight for other things. Mm. Are you going to fight for abduction? Is this going to be oxen-free versus abduction? Because if it is... I'm not doing a thing. I'm just asking. Like, I mean, to me, those are like those are in the same... No, I like abduction better than oxen free personally, but I like I you know, I'm not saying that it's one must fall. Like Yeah. I'm just naming games that didn't do it for me as much. Yeah, the only knock I would have against abduction is at some point it got too hard for me, so I had to stop. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, everything that led me there was just filled with moment to moment wonder to the point where it felt like the second com- coming of Riven, which is something that I've been wanting for ever since I played Riven, like when I was a kid. And hmm. the thing that it does so well is it drops you into this alien world. You have no idea what's going on. You have to basically pick up clue by clue from this these settlers that are nowhere to be found. But at the same time, it does world building so well that... It feels like an actual, like this could actually be a thing. Like the technology is explained is explained just well enough that you can buy the way that they were building these crystal viewers. You can understand why this particular minecart is a bit harder to navigate or a bit more obtuse to navigate than usual. It's you get this idea of this this culture of gatherers, basically that formed when they were thrown or abducted into an all-new place where all they had was whatever else had fallen in through the portal with them. And that's... You even get to learn alien languages. Like, it teaches you an alien numeric system that also happens to be a way that they communicate verbally. And... It actually makes sense in a way that's like, yeah, these people know their, they know their shit when it comes to languages. They know, they know what the basic building blocks of a civilization is. And just seeing that recreated on a massive scale to the point where you'll walk into a room 
you'll figure out, oh, I needed to turn this and I turned that, and you just watch the entire room come alive to such a scale that most gigantic open-world RPGs only hope of having. And there's, that's just uh, an amazing accomplishment to me. There's a feeling, like, I didn't play very much Abduction because my PC couldn't handle it, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but also, I probably wouldn't have played much anyway cause, just because that's not my kind of game. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a feeling to that place, to that, that otherworldly place. Um, we're very familiar with games that put you in strange settings, alien settings, where you feel scared and you feel like like sort of oppressed, right? And skittish. And abduction skates this really interesting line where I didn't feel like I was in danger, but the place was making me kind of anxious and not anxious in a not anxious in a bad way, but an anxious in a way that I'm like this is making me ask a lot of questions and I bet the answers are not going to be great, right? Um like, and not like they're bad answers, but they're answers like, ooh, I wonder what happened here. Probably wasn't good. Um, <laughs> probably these guys are not doing great. It's There's a weird, there's a really weird, interesting vibe of like, like, curiosity that isn't innocent. That I really, I really dug about that game. It has a really cool feel and tone. Yeah, everything just feels really... Everything feels very makeshift in a way that's both believable and just just odd enough to put you on edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels... It feels very, like... Just the... The fair... The, like, the faintest bit unsettling in a really effective way. Um... Okay. Gosh. Um I'd be fine cutting Watch Dogs 2 if we're going to also cut Mafia 3 because Watch Dogs 2 is the most fun I've had in an open world GTA like in forever. The tone is just this amazing sort of the tone nails what I've always been asking from these open world games and then some, just some basic dignity that Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto games have never had. It's so vibrant. Your home base is basically right next to the district where the Castro is. So you get all this amazing handcrafted graffiti. You get to see these, these LGBT rainbow crosswalks you get to open your ipod and listen to pretty great music like run the jewels while you're running around you get to steal a movie car prop turn it into something that's remote control and do a street race with it while gaining basically as a publicity stunt for your hacker group but also it completely shits the bed on the somewhere around the seventy-five percent mark, where they they remove a pretty good character that they just did amazing. They removed a pretty good character that they did amazing things with 
like a mission or two before, and then they pretend like that character never existed, and hmm. they replaced him basically with Raymond Kenny, who was the highlight of Watch Dogs One, but compared to everyone else in the Watch Dogs Two, he's is kind of nothing, and. It just, Does it feel like that that other character that they removed was maybe like a late addition to the game, and so they like it's it's not like I like this isn't super relevant I guess. But is it like does it feel like they just excised him from the game, or is it like they dropped him into the game and the rest of the game wasn't shaped around him? I think they excised him because the missions that they did, the story missions they wrote for him, he and Marcus had such a great rapport, like he. I guess we can talk spoilers since this is Game of the Year. It's yeah. Horatio, the black character, the other black character, essentially. The only other black character that you work with in your crew. Yeah. And No, when you figure they removed a character from the game, I was like, oh, probably it was the other black guy, huh? Yeah. And the mission right before that, right before he gets kidnapped and unceremoniously killed by this Latin American gang that you then go destroy Watch Dogs 1 style... You're basically going into this facsimile of the Google headquarters, and they're just dropping these truth bombs about how everyone looks at them differently. They have, they're, they're so small. The black employees at Google are so small in this world that they have their own mailing list. They're, his coworker basically treats him suspiciously all the time. And it kind of matched everything that I've heard about tech discrimination for years and to such an alarming degree that it felt like these people actually care about what they're talking about. These people actually know what they're talking about. They want to do right. And then they just go and kill that character off in the worst possible way. Like, not even a memorable way, just a oh, hey, these characters kidnapped him. You find out that they killed him, and that's motivation to just go on this whole tangent of murdering this whole gang. And that does such an injustice to everything else they they wrote for Horatio. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to feel like, yeah, we should reward them for everything else that they've done, but... This part in particular is so nasty, is so... It's so unlike everything else that they tried to do. They got so close to escaping the whole specter that Watch Dogs 1 did. That awful, awful fucking game. But then they basically dropped the ball, and... Even though it never gets to that same point as those missions, it never quite picks it back up again. Hmm. And the ending yeah, is that... basically a fart noise. That's that's how I feel about the ending. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like Game of the Year to me. Sounds sounds good, but doesn't sound like Game of the Year. Alright, we have one, two, three. We have too many. Yeah, um, we have six, seventeen. Boy. We can cut another Metroid 2 remake. Are you sure? Yeah. Not. I'm not happy about it, but, I mean, 
Look at this list. What are we going to do? Yeah. And did they ever end up finding a way to fix those bugs? Or are they just kind of uh, there forever? Do you mean the bugs in the in AM2R? Yeah, the ones that basically they were planning on fixing, but then when Nintendo shut them down, they went... From my knowledge, they yeah. went, we're not sure we're going to continue working on this. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think they pretty much stopped doing anything to that game for fear of, you know, being sued off their asses, so. I mean, I didn't have any problems with bugs myself in my playtime, but, you know. Thanks, Nintendo. What can you do? Um, here's a controversial move. Okay. I think with the list we have here, I would actually cut Firewatch. Wow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's... That's controversial, right? Uh, I do feel like it has some of the same narrative shortcomings that Watch Dogs 2 has. Not to the same degree, but there's definitely mm-hmm. parts where you want to spend a little more time in a specific moment, and it's like, nope, we're going right off to the next thing, and we're not going to give you any time to ponder this. And, I mean, I've said some things before about Cargo Car Guy 2.0, um, the uh, mm, so the the people who wrote over uh, wrote Firewatch, if you weren't aware, also wrote season one of The Walking Dead, which ended with a guy who knew every decision you'd ever made, who you'd never met before, and who judged you for everything you'd done for the entire season, and was a crazy person who would hurt you. Um, and they do that again at the end of Firewatch, and it they did a better job this time, but I still think the basic idea sucks. Why did he call him Car Guy? Because in, in Walking Dead, he was the guy whose car you robbed. Oh, yeah! Okay. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that whole subplot, like, there are things about that, that subplot where, like, you're you're convinced that you're being, like, watched by a government agency that's, like, gaslighting you, basically. Um, And there are things about that subplot that are interesting, sort of thoughts about, like, how you go paranoid being alone in the woods. Um, And that's effective. But the resolution of that whole arc fell pretty flat for me and also felt kind of rushed. And... I don't know, they're, they're, like... A lot of the parts of the narrative beats of that game felt really predictable. I wonder if and it was not too good long. Predictable. I wonder if it was too long. Basically the hmm. I feel like the main arc of that story is pretty great. This idea of this person whose his wife get, basically gets Alzheimer's and he He's so stricken with grief and afraid that he essentially runs away to join the Firewatch for the rest of the summer. And over that time, he learns that he needs to face that head-on and be there for his wife and, and stop running away from these horrific moments. And I'm not sure if that would have lasted the entirety of that of the length that they currently have if they only had that but at the same time the things that they used to pad that out probably aren't the best 
Though I, I was, mean, I don't even. Hmm. Sorry, finish your thought. But I was pretty affected by finding that kid's corpse in the um, cavern area. It it was this moment where everything kind of came to, back to reality to a point where the performances of basically the performances of Henry and Delilah are so on point at that that I felt swept away with their sudden grief of the, of getting to know this kid through his imaginative drawings and the clever things he did with his father and then just realizing oh he was always here all along and he just he never got to live his life or fulfill anything that he was doing yeah to me that was actually one of the moments that fell flat just because i thought it was like i remember going into that that cave with the gear to the repelling gear and being like, Oh, so I'm going to find a dead body now. Right. Yep. Um, I don't know for, for like the voice act, the writing and the voice acting in general, like the writing, the dialogue, um, was always really good. And the performances were of course, excellent, but I felt some of the, I feel like when those guys write characters interacting with each other, they do a really good job, but when they try and write the broad strokes of a plot, I very often am not very happy with what they come up with. I'd probably agree, yeah. I'm I'm all, I'm eager to see what they make next, but Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I like Firewatch. It is on this list for a reason, and me suggesting it as a cut, like is only because the things I want to cut, it seems like we're not gonna get anywhere on, you know? And I'm like, also cool with cutting it because I didn't get a chance to buy the limited run edition because the internet is too fast. <laughs> okay, never mind. It wins. Game of the year. <laughs> Don't reward salt. Um, yeah, okay. I think we can... We can cut Firewatch. I think we both, like... This is one of those situations where we both liked that game a lot, but it's probably going to lose out over a game that one of us didn't like and one of us adored, so... Yeah. Because it needs to, you know, list needs to reflect our passions. So, um, can we just get out of the way that Hitman stays? Like Hitman is just start or whatever. Like we don't even need to consider that one. I, I mean, I would agree with you, but like, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll agree with you. It's just like there's, there's a lot of stuff on this list that I feel like just sort of stays. Um, and like the next two cuts I would suggest you're not gonna like. Is one of them an enemy? Yes. Okay. Let me just get this out of the way. Anatomy is 30 or 40 minutes long. Anatomy starts where you are trapped in this very poorly lit house. You go from room to room picking up tapes and putting them into this tape recorder and hearing this creepy voice basically explain the functions of a house in more and more disgusting detail to a point where it's it's called anatomy because it's talking about the house as a body and at some point you get the idea that the house is the one that's actually creating these tapes for you and at the very end of the first playthrough you hear the last tape and it just cuts to black but as you start it through subsequent times that you load it back up, it's more degraded. It turns into more of this VHS quality where 
it goes to shit like any old VHS tape would. And it plays with your perspective in ways that it never does jump scare. It never does a jump scare, and it's still one of the scariest games I've ever played. Just purely from the things it is saying, and from the visuals it is using. Not even disgusting visuals, just visuals that are that push your mind enough to the point where you are generally you're genuinely horrified by what is the reality that you are currently in. And that's a feat that I'd even rank it above Soma, probably. Soma is one of my all-time favorite horror games because it's it manages to go from moment to moment the sense of uniqueness that you don't see anywhere else to the point where people who don't even like horror games wanted in on it at some point. But at the same time, it's it's really hard to recommend to anyone. It's like 30 minutes long, and Cullen's never going to see any of it. <laughs> so, Is it the one that has the, the the secret white ending, where stuff fades to white? I think I saw someone get that and get really excited. Or was that a different game? The nature of that game, it could have a fade to white ending. I do not know. <laughs> okay. There was some game that looked like it was like sort of staticky first person in a house and someone moved in a weird way and everything got white and they got super excited. I don't know. It might be that. It might be that because that your description of everything else sounds on point, but it it's a really unique game that released at a unusual time for horror, like near the beginning of this of twenty sixteen. I guess it's not that unusual when you consider most terrible horror movies get put that, around that point, but still, it was a nice surprise at the time. It's like three or four bucks. But at the same time, I'm not sure if I can convince Colin to keep it here. I mean, my... My leaning would be no, but, you know, like... We'll we have we have more to discuss, I guess. Yeah, like, We'll see what else is here that we can... Yeah, what else here would you consider cutting? I think you can probably sense the ones that I would take a bullet for. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere near Stardew Valley for that reason. So That's yeah, that's gonna be in the top ten. I think uh, I think our two closest cuts right now are going to be either Super Hot or Titanfall two. I was thinking about in Titanfall two myself. Um hmm, that's kinda of surprising. You seem to Well, of course all these other games are amazing, so it's not a question of yeah. whether the game's bad or not. It's just, how much better is it? And Titanfall 2 made my personal list, but didn't make it super high. Um, I don't care about that game's multiplayer at all. I really, really, really liked that campaign. I was astonished at how much I liked a Call of Duty-style campaign. But that campaign <laughs> was really good. And I was like, okay, this is the game that like is proving to me that this Call of Duty-style gameplay still works, and let's go into this multiplayer, and oh, I don't care about this at all. And it bounced right off it. Yeah, and compared to all of the other... Well, compared to the other specific multiplayer game that's still on here, I don't think it hangs in the same crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's... 
Oh, what a cut. Huh? Titanfall yeah. 2 getting cut up. Man, God, this is a <laughs> this is a year of games, huh? It's a fantastic game. It just I would I would put super hot above it any day. I would it's it's to me it's pretty close between those two. But your appreciation for super hot is greater than your appreciation of Titanfall 2, so that sort of like pushes it over the the edge for me, you know. Totally. Um and I, you know, Super Hot Two is or Super Super Hot Two, <laughs> uh, not there yet. Um, man, gosh, okay. Um, I'm gonna try again. At this point, can we cut Forza Horizon Three? You think? Looking at this company, and, and if and if the answer is no, that's fine. Like to me, I'm looking at the rest of the things on this list, and I'm like, okay, now it feels like an odd duck. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else to anything before this to cut, honestly. I love Forza Horizon 3, but yeah, everything else. Okay, we are down to... Twelve games, we're getting there. (laughs) We're real close now. Uh, We're real close now. Okay. Um... Okay. What are your bottom three? And not, like, not political, what are your bottom three here? World of Warcraft Legion. Okay. Mm-mm. Reigns. And, uh, Blaze Blue. This is going to be really fun to edit. You know that? How about you? Suddenly got really quiet. Hello. Hey. What the fuck? What's up? That the fuck is happening? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? It says you mm, Skype. Okay. Um Should I quit out of this Discord chat and Skype Yeah, okay. yeah go ahead and quit out of Discord. Um so how about you start over with your three because midway through I disconnected. Are you still there? Cut. Okay. Hello? Hey. I fucking hate this shit. Um, so how about you start over with your three, because I disconnected midway through that. Okay. So my three that I was going to cut were Reigns, 
Blaze Blue, and World of Warcraft Legion. Reigns, huh? Yeah, Reigns is a cool game. It just... Everything else here, I feel much more strongly about than Reigns. Reigns does this really neat thing where it basically it turns managing an entire kingdom into a game of Tinder, where you're just swiping, where you're swiping, you're swiping left and right, and making decisions that way, and it gets deeper and deeper as you go on. But it kind of re- repeated a bit too much for me. And also some of the... Uh, at some points it pushes the... It tries to do things that it shouldn't try to do with that control scheme. Like the dungeon shouldn't be controlled with swipe left, swipe right. That starts to get really disorienting and confusing. Especially when um, it's slowly draining all of your resources. Yeah. It's... I Okay, here is this proposition, right? We have 12 here. We cut reins in anatomy. I can do that. Okay. As long as we get to keep boxing free, I can do that. I I thought that one through, and yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. So we are down to ten. I'm pretty sure. Let me go ahead and um, these numbers don't mean anything. I'm just counting. I just want to make sure I didn't fuck this up. Yeah, okay, we're at 10. Um, I think 10 and 9 should be World of Warcraft and Oxenfree. I'm okay with that, yeah. I mean, you did play some World of Warcraft. How did you feel about that? Same way I felt felt strongly. Same way I felt about most MMOs. I have this great first couple days or so, and I just fall off pretty quickly because... I don't know, something about MMOs never really clicks, clicks with me, even though okay. I really want to try and love them. That's that's fine, that's fair. I think, yeah, World of Warcraft 10, Oxenfree 9 is is fair. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I can convince you to put Blaze Blue over Abduction for 8-7. Uh, um... <laughs> That was a sound, huh? I think Blaze Blue's cool. I really do. I really, really like Abduction, though. Huh. Yeah. I, like... If this was just, like... If this was Continuum Shift, if this was just one in the series, then I would be more... I would be less stubborn about this. But this is sort of like... The finale? It... Yeah, I mean like it's possible they'll start a new arc, right? It's a it's a it's a it's a franchise. Guess what? They might decide they want to make more. But like this is they they they're closing things up. They this is their their fucking Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh just a sec.
I swear to God. <laughs> um, like with Blaze Blue, this is their like they're wrapping everything up. It's their Metal Gear Solid Four. They're tying up all the storylines. They're killing some pretty pretty major characters. They're bringing everything to a close, and that doesn't necessarily make it like therefore a better game. But it makes me really want to give them some cred, you know? Yeah, I think that. Comparing it to Metal Gear Solid 4 doesn't do it many favors, but at the same time, you can make a convincing <laughs> oh, argument. So it can be 7? Sure. Ah, alright. Alright, this, this is going swimmingly. We're, we're doing... The list part is going real well. Uh, making the sausage reveal. This podcast is going to see a lot of editing because the real world is getting in the way, but here we are. Um... Pokemon 6? Yeah, Pokemon... It, Pokemon feels like a 6 to me. Yeah. Yeah. This is going well. I mean, you know, the the fights the fights are hard, but with two people, there aren't as many of them, and that's nice. It's easier now that we have 10 set up. Like, I don't care about the order as much as I do about them being here. If that makes any sense. Sure. Um, I'm guessing from your... Stardew, I, I would put Stardew pretty damn high, but I'm guessing it's going to end up at number five, right? Yeah. I I don't get along well with... Good simulator. Um, <laughs> Touche. Yeah, you know, just it, let's fire the cheap shot when I can, right? Yeah. No, it's... Yeah, it's... Harvest Moon alike, and that is not what people are. Some people are in for. Um, I don't think Super Hot can go higher than four. Yeah, I think compared four is to high, honestly. Compared to everything else, Super Hot's a good four. Overwatch three. This is where Jen figures out what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, you, you've been pretty slightly editing the. I've been doing exactly what I've been saying. You ordered you ordered things pretty well. <laughs> For my my purposes, I have made some sacrifices. It's true. I'd say Overwatch is closer to a two than a three. Hitman's really? phenomenal, but Overwatch reinvents oh, multiplayer so, so well that <laughs> yeah, I suppose Hitman could be three. Ah, uh, actually. Hmm. This is one of those moments where it's like, I mean, my big agenda. That serves my big agenda. But Hitman's really good. Hmm. Yeah, and like, I guess in Overwatch hmm. you can't be in someone with a fire extinguisher. You can't drop a toilet on a general. You can't dress up as a male model and throw fire axes into people's skulls. You can't get a tiny doll of Napoleon Bonaparte that when you activate it, it plays the William Tell Overture until someone gets close and then it explodes. Okay. Hitman's a good number, too, when you say all that. And I think Valhalla would be a good number three. <laughs> wait, 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 hang on. Well, hang on now. Let's Let's just hang on. Perhaps we should hang on. I think Valhalla is the best game that came out this year. 
it's a pretty great game to be sure, but I don't know how many hearts you flushed down the toilet in Valhalla. Metaphorically, a lot. Actually, metaphorically, other people flush my heart down the toilet because I flirted with Alma a lot and she laughed at me a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hmm. Hmm. Boy. Like, I mean, any I, to my money, and you don't, you may not agree with this, but to my money, like any one of these games is. On, on, if it were the only one of its ga- of these three to come out this year, it would easily be a number one. These are all game of the year material. Um, I would say that with Hitman, it's like its story stuff, its actual story, uh, might as well not be there. I really don't care in the slightest. It there's um, a part that I do care about it, and but it's mostly shallow thing of. These cutscenes are really cool. <laughs> like that first one where you get out of training and you get to see the whole montage of him going to each place more or less and setting up these awesome CG deaths. That's pretty awesome, but yeah, yeah I agree. But it's like it's all, more all of a tonal like... piece than any of these other games are. Well, not as tonal as Super Hot, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's story stuff of like. What if we're actually being manipulated by the Illuminati? It's like, I don't care. Um, And then Overwatch, my beef is, as a person who... Like, okay. I am... When it comes to multiplayer games, I am kind of binary, and this is a flaw of mine, right? This is a character flaw. I am taking a game seriously, or I am not. And that's kind of all there is to it. You know? Like, I am playing... Mario Party, or I am playing fucking Dota, right? (laughs) Um, And Overwatch is closer to the Dota end of the spectrum for me. Like, not as in, like, it has to be that crazy, but, like, it has to be that rewarding of skill and execution and thought. And it does a pretty good job of that, but their character balance is really... Blizzard hasn't tried to make unique characters balanced before. Like, even in StarCraft II, they had three armies, and at any given time in the meta, there's usually one best army, right? Like, they they have never been super good at balance, to my money. Um, and Overwatch has been really kind of rough as, like, characters fall out of, of effectiveness. Like, you know, for a while, Mercy was just like, oh, no, don't pick Mercy, she's garbage. And then, like, oh, Symmetra, she's fucking useless. And now, oh, Symmetra, she, she's incredible. And the way things sort of come and go with such a, for a character-based game, for a hero-based game, for such a relatively small roster, it's not a small roster, but like compared to things like League of Legends or Dota, it's a small roster. And having heroes just fall out of effectiveness really hard is pretty brutal in a game like that. Um, I don't know. As I say, this is at the perspective of a person who is incapable of not taking it pretty seriously. I definitely feel like when it comes to Overwatch, I love it to death, but um, it has flaws where Valhalla doesn't have to worry about those, so I think I'm starting to see what you're getting at, yeah. 
And Valhalla is just... I don't, Valhalla is one of those... I'm a sucker for good stories. Right? And yeah. a game that's mostly story while also managing to be this chill bartending simulator that doesn't ask too much of you. Mm-hmm. And throws a few curveballs your way in terms of, oh, I didn't even know I, could, I would be able to do this at some point. That's that's a pretty great game. But, I mean, this is, like, this is the top three of Game of the Year. And there's a part of me that wants to just clam up now and say, okay, Valhalla's Game of the Year, because that's what I want, right? But, like, if I'm being fair about this, Valhalla's gameplay, the drink mixing, gets kind of old. Um, it gets... I think I think like the serving the drinks and stuff is great, but like the manually mixing up these recipes gets a little tedious when you've pl- like later in the game and in subsequent playthroughs. Um, that that gameplay starts to wear thin, and I would be. I mean, it's not my job, right? But kind of not doing my job if I didn't mention that here and now. Hmm. It wouldn't really be fair to these other two, where I have been very careful to mention any flaw I can think of, <laughs> yeah. to not mention Valhalla's. And Hitman has such excellent gameplay. It really does. It, they somehow managed to take a series that was known for being unique, yet buggy and awkward as all hell, and ironed out almost all of that. And when it's the only game of it in its genre, more or less. Like, there's certain things like Alakine's Gun and Velvet Assassin that try to do the Hitman thing, but none of them even come as close to being as competent as Hitman was. Mm -hmm. And for them to brush off the failure that they had with Absolution and come back swinging to create the best thing they've ever made... That's a- and that's not just like that's not just the Hitma- Hitman team. I think this is the best thing IO Interactive has ever made. Almost oh, definitely. I have a soft spot in my heart for Freedom Fighters, mm-hmm. but that game hasn't aged well. No. Hitman one, Valhalla two, Overwatch three. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I. Uh... Yeah, I think that's the right that's the right call. Um, okay, I'm going to read down this list, and we're going to make sure that we're cool with this. Number 10, World of Warcraft Legion. Number 9, Oxenfree. Number 8, Abduction. Number 7, Blazeblue Central Fiction. Number 6, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Number 5, Stardew Valley. Number 4, Superhot. Number 3, Overwatch. Number 2, Valhalla. Number 1, Hitman. Are we good with that top ten list? Absolutely. Okay. All right, that... That went smoothly. That went pretty smoothly. Yeah. All right. Congratulations all around. Yeah, congratulations to Hitman, our game of the year, and congratulations to our nine other top ten games of the year. And congratulations to the games that didn't make the top ten, because those were all pretty damn good too um 
under this game of the year process, one of the things I like about this is when I sit down and I think, like, before we did any of these podcasts, I had been thinking to myself, like, this was a really good I, a thing that I end up thinking a lot of years, which is this was a game where we had a ton of good games, but not a lot of great games. And then you do podcasts like this, and you're like, oh, wait, that's a load of bullshit. <laughs> there were a ton of great games. Um, I feel like you felt a lot more strongly about that statement last year than you did this year. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the process last year, I still kind of, like, I felt like I had I had opened my eyes, like, yeah, there are, some, there are some that I wasn't giving enough credit, but I still basically stood by it. And this year, I think it was just the fact that 2016, as a general year, was demoralizing. But if you look at the games, it's a pretty unassailable, unassailable year of amazing titles. Yeah, they've so many people hit it out of the park. Even the ones that weren't that didn't make this list, like uh, mm-hmm. Thumper and things like that. They there there've been a lot of really great, unique ideas that all got that all found their own niche within this year and. It really helped soften the blow of some of the rougher stuff this year. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, there are some games that we didn't like. Final Fantasy fifteen did not make basically any of our any of our list this year. I think we mentioned it in most senpai, but um, that's because we didn't really play it because they announced their extensive content expansion and patching process, and it didn't <laughs> really feel like the game was done. So we're gonna play a bunch of that in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, and maybe it'll make some 2017 lists. But there's there's even stuff from last year that we haven't really managed to see the greatness of yet. So I, uh, I'm i pretty excited. Likewise, I'm still... I'm still clawing my way through bits of World of Final Fantasy and all that. I wouldn't call that a amazing game. <laughs> it, has, it has some really solid moments to a degree that I was not expecting from what's basically... Hey, what if we took Final Fantasy and made it Pokemon? Yeah, are there any like I'll do a couple of shout-outs of games that didn't like because because this podcast ended up being not as long as I expected. Um we could take a couple of minutes to the end here. Some games that I I thought about and don't they don't make game of the year, right? There's no like I'm not second guessing myself here in any way. Mm-hmm. But like Super Mario Run was a game that I enjoyed a lot this year. Um and and caught me pretty well off guard um i don't know are there any other titles that that sort of surprised you the last guardian surprised me by not being a total disaster and also it happened to be exactly in the same sort of mold as Ico shadow of the colossus and that's not quite enough in 2016 compared to everything else but it was a nice blast from the past, and I would feel perfectly comfortable sitting it next to those all-time classics. And then there, like, uh, Zero Time Dilemma didn't make our list, and I think that's the right decision. <laughs> um, but as far as the games that kind of made the biggest impact on me this year, this would be one of those. Like, I. I am upset at that game. I don't know I don't know if I think it's a good game or a bad game, but that game made a splash, right? That game was was daring narratively in ways I have, have never seen before. Um Yeah, and if nothing else, sort of like Blaze Blue closed that whole story. Zero time dilemma. It didn't 
do a great job of closing everything, but it still felt significant. This series that I fell in love with with when I played 999 and having years of this time sort of built up in a way. They didn't completely um, fumble it when they were running at the finale. And when you have that much investment in a story, sometimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. I uh, I regret not spending more time with Hyperlight Drifter. That one looked pretty special. And I had some, like, just the timing on it, its release was, was not good for me. And I ended up not going back to it. But it's one of the games I expect I'll check out more in 2017. Yeah, and there were a few small things for me, like Event Zero, where what it's, what it's putting down is really neat. Someone else will eventually take that concept, maybe even the same people who did it, and create something absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. But what it is, the the sum of it, isn't quite up to par with something like Hitman or Overwatch. And of course, uh, there's a real, uh, real dark horse candidate. Um, Valve actually released a new game, Dota 2, and boy, that game is uh, that game's pretty incredible. You guys should check it out. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I think that's probably, yeah. Hmm? No, go ahead. Oh. And as silly as it might have been, I sort of like Colin has a soft spot for Dota 2 coming out every year. <laughs> it's annual releases or annual... It, it doesn't do annual things, but it felt like an all-new release towards the end of 2016, but had a 2064 read-only memories come out in 2016 instead of 2017, I might have made an argument for that just because I love that game so much, even with all its well, problems. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll end up talking about it. We'll see. I think that's that's it for us here, uh, Scanlan Media. This uh, obviously by the time this stuff's going up, it is it is early February, but uh, you know we wanted to we wanted to make sure we had like first of all, of course, this is not our jobs. We do this for fun, and scheduling is tricky. Um, but also, we wanted to make sure we had time to actually look at the games from last year, and not rush it either in terms of release dates or just play time, like. Some of these games, I would not have been able to render as good of an opinion on Hitman as I was by the time we actually ended up recording stuff. I was actually able to play all the levels and do a bunch of the masteries and, and really see what that game had to offer. And, uh, yeah, it's. I'm glad we took the time. I would like to get faster turnaround next time, because February is a little late. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it was, 2016 was a hell of a year, and it's time to, time to close the book and move on. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, twenty seventeen won't be as much of a disaster as as it's looking up to be. Fingers crossed. We'll see. I guess. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you with our twenty seventeen casts later. Happy late autumn, Zai. <laughs> <laughs>